Hey guys, welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell. Today, NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal joins the show to pick some free agents from his list of the top 101 free agents this offseason and pick landing spots for where they will end up in this upcoming year. I don't know how many we get to. I think it's like 15 or 16 or so, but we break down where they're going to go or where they should go at the very least, why it makes sense. We agree on a couple of them. We disagree on a couple of them, but it's a fun breakdown and preview of the upcoming free agent period. But first, I want to tell you about another show. And of course, I have to rep my friend and my colleague, Scott Van Pelt and the SV Pod hosted by SVP and, of course, Stanford Steve, also my friend and my colleague as well. It's all in for college basketball. As March Madness approaches, you're going to get their insights into college basketball along with their usual dad stories and things they hate. This is honestly what it's like to hang out with SVP, to be honest with you, just in podcast form. It's a podcast you're not going to want to miss, so listen to SVPod wherever you get your podcasts. And now, here's Greg Rosenthal breaking down the top free agents and where they're going to end up during this upcoming free agency period. Joining me now here on the Bill Barnwell show, a regular contributor in a new place, a man who has moved around the Los Angeles area, a man who every time around this time each year, that's true. You always rank 101 free agents. How many years have you done a free agent ranking list, Greg Rosenthal of the NFL Network? Uh, thanks, Bill. I've done it at NFL Network, I think since 2012, since 2013. So however many years is that? But I even before that, I was doing it at Pro Football Talk. So who knows? Did you ever do it at Roto World? I don't think so. You know, Roto World's fantasy. I, I think I started doing it at PFT without much write-ups. Um, but the key at the NFL is we added one more. You went from 100 to 101. <laughs> and who is your 101 this year? Who was added uh, to the list? And it's Baker Mayfield. Uh, this is my mm. favorite exercise every year. It has to be someone um, who brings some sizzle. And yes. Geno Smith was it one year. So he is the first person ever to go from 101 to number two on the list because wow. he was number two before he signed that long-term deal. And it's tricky with 101 because when all the tags and the signings like Daniel Jones and, and the Lamar tag, all that happens, mm -hmm. the list changes. But Baker has to stay at 101. So he sees people that were below him just pass him. But I don't care. I just like him there <laughs> at 101. He does fit there, right? Like It just seems like it makes sense. Um a man, frankly, has contributed to the inflation among listing things on the internet. But that's more of a training camp thing. That's more of a preseason observation thing. You had that fight with Arif Hassan this past year, and Arif was defeated. But you like listing things to great lengths. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a simple man. If you put things <laughs> in a list then um, it's a good way to organize your thoughts without having to be a good writer <laughs> like you. That's not true. <laughs> Lists are good. But today we are not listing our top 101 free agents. We are using Greg's list of the top 101 free agents to project where some of the upcoming free agent class might go. We each have come up with a bunch of players and a bunch of fits. We're going to justify it. We're going to see if we pick the same player for the same team, which... 
I tried to get creative. Mm. I would guess that my my over under is one, is one and a half here for us having same players, same fit. There's one okay. guy who I think we both have in the same spot, but we will see if we even name that. Because still 101 players to pick from. So, Greg, you're the guest. Please, floor is yours. Give me a player. Tell me where he's going and why. Well, this is a lot of pressure because I I did struggle at one point. I had like Arden Keys fit, and then I was like, no, the Bill Barnwell show needs better juice than that. What? Well, I love Arden Key. I need to pick. It, it was going to be the Seahawks, by the way, but I, I wanted That's to pick bigger one. name players. Let's start with Javon Hargrave because he happens to be number one on my list yeah. after all these uh, quarterbacks got signed or tagged. And I looked around the league and I looked to at cap space because I think he's going to cost uh, almost as much as anyone out there. And I mm-hmm. looked at the Detroit Lions. I, I think the Lions look at team building kind of like the Eagles do, which is that it's worth spending big resources, draft picks and money mm-hmm. on big people, whether that's on the offensive line or the defensive line. You kind of saw what they wanted to do under Dan Campbell in their first draft when they took a couple defensive tackles right off the mm-hmm. bat and they signed Michael Brockers. Uh, now they need to replace a couple of those guys. O- Onu Zuriki has been been hurt and, and they cut Michael Brockers. And I just feel like Hargrave is kind of take this program to the next level type of guy. They got plenty of cap space. And I think they're the type of team uh, that's trying to make a big move and, and would make that move for a, a guy like Hargrave. Yeah, it, it does feel like they're at the point now where number one, they're going to be competing for those players, but number two, it means a lot to them to get one of those players. Almost kind of feels like the Jags signing Calais Campbell to me, mm. you know, where like they, they were further along, but I think there's that statement of intent element to it, you know, where like Michael Brockers, who, Michael Brockers was out of the rotation last year, but they had Brockers because the Rams wanted to dump his salary. Um, so to go from we're signing players just to we're acquiring players via trade just to pay their salary, just so we can have veterans in the room and get a draft pick to now we're signing the number one player on Greg Rosenthal's top 101 <laughs> free agent list, I think tells you how far this organization has come. Yeah. And I think it's sort of an underrated part of, I don't know if it's analytical thinking, but it's certainly the Eagles thinking and they're an analytical front office that that's, sure. that's the place to to spend big money in free agency if there's a known quantity. Now, there could be an argument, you know, Hargrave's 30. He's played you know, two of the best seasons of his career mm-hmm. the last two seasons, um, but it's not the free agent signing where you're getting him just as he's getting into your into his prime. You're hoping for a couple mm-hmm. more good years on him. That, that can be riskier, but I, I look at their defensive line and I know they want to have incredible depth. They have questions uh, on the edge too. Uh, but with McNeil, Ali McNeil is, is a good starter for them. And I think Hargrave mm-hmm. is very flexible, fits in right next to him. Yeah. And I mean, the Eagles, you know, have a lot of players now who are going to be leaving, presumably that that defensive line this offseason. Javon Hargrave is a free agent. Fletcher Cox is a free agent. Dominic Kingsu, Linval Joseph, Brandon Graham, all free agents. They Robert Quinn, also a free agent. They still have a, a first team, which is kind of scary, and, and Josh Sweat, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, and I guess Derek Barnett would be the the number one edge rusher there, or mm. um, I'm forgetting somebody. But yeah, they have a lot of work to do in rebuilding that defensive line that took them all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they have Reddick still, but I could have made a, oh, right. a top eight free agents, you know, destinations list of just the Eagles. Right. 
it's, it's just really Eagles, impressive. Of, of Eagles defenders. Uh, and then yes. you can throw you can throw on Sayamalo and Miles Sanders and Minshew, their backup quarterback. So they have a lot, um, a lot to do. I don't think that'll stop them from being aggressive, not to go on an Eagles tangent. I think they they could be going after some big names and some of these guys will go back, but their history is going after guys in free agency that mm-hmm. are younger than Hargrave, kind of like they did uh, looking for value on that last Hargrave contract, which looked great in the in the long term. It was three years, 45 mm-hmm. million. Uh, and they that was one of the better signings of the last five years. Yeah, the first year was not that great. Second two years were fantastic for Javon Hargrave in Philadelphia. Um, that was number one. I'll go number two. I will go with Orlando Brown, who I think surprised some people when we heard that the Chiefs were not going to give him a second franchise tag. We're not able to get a deal done. Looks like he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. I have some questions about his ability to play left tackle at a super high level. Um, I do think he's maybe better at a right tackle, but I don't blame him for wanting to play left tackle. It's just going to make him a lot more money in, in the process. And I think he's still, you know, a, a solid left tackle in the prime of his career. And that's going to get paid a lot of money in free agency. So I suggested that Orlando Brown would go to the Tennessee Titans because mm. I think Taylor Lewan, of course, is now gone. They're not in great cap shape. There's been rumors about Derrick Henry possibly getting cut or, or traded, perhaps. Rumors that Ryan Tannehill's future is at least a little bit in question. Um, you know, they're, they're certainly retooling on the offensive side of the ball, but they don't have a left tackle. Nicholas Petit Frere is going to be at right tackle. He did solid, solid work there as a rookie, um, but they need a left tackle. And they're going to need a left tackle not just for this year, but for a few years to come. Orlando Brown, I think, a very good run blocker on the edge. I think a, a solid pass blocker i think better you know as a run blocker if you ask me i'm not an offensive line expert by any means but uh, i just feel like that's a building block for them not just for this year but for years to come and i don't think it's going to take a lot to convince mike Vrabel, hey you know let's sign a guy in the trenches it's going to be a building block for us for years to come it makes sense i think he fits their profile, the players they like, including guys who are good at, at run blocking. I struggled with the Titans because almost every player I tried to come up with a destination for, like the Titans made some sense. And it's because <laughs> the Titans don't have anything. The Titans are a fascinating team. The Titans are a fascinating team, I think, in the next week because they've already done an unintentional teardown where, mm-hmm. look, I think if they traded Ryan Tannehill you know, they're in the mix with the Cardinals and a few other teams as one of the worst rosters in in the entire NFL. And this isn't the NBA where you're trying to bottom out, but it it certainly doesn't feel like 2023 is going to be a year that, that they're back in the playoffs. And Mm -hmm. so they're trying to build for the future, but Orlando Brown fits that timeline. So it still makes sense to me. Like there's this whole idea among NFL fans that like when they're not that good, they should just stop trying to sign good players. But like the timeline in the NFL is not that long. You can't be planning for four or five years from now. You can't try to not get good players uh, and they need to get ready for 2024, 2025, even if this year isn't going to be their best year. I did have a different destination for Brown though. He was on my list. Please. Okay. Um, You know, who's got a lot of cap spades this year after uh, spending <sighs> none last year. And spending uh, a ton in 2021. I think you know where I'm going. Maybe I don't. Please, uh, the New England Patriots. Oh, they do. That's true. Did Bill Belichick coach Orlando Brown's dad? I should have researched this uh, back in the day. I have no. I... That has nothing to do with this, but it'd be fun. 
I, I assume Bill Belichick refuses to talk to anybody in the NFL he has not coached with or, or played, for, played for or played with. Um, he did. Orlando Brown was with Bill Belichick in 1994 and 1995. So yeah. there is that crossover. The, the late Orlando Brown, who was yes. really a great player, and, and people remember yes. him, I think, for getting hit with that um, flag, which, flag, which was unfortunate. I just look at what Orlando Brown um, would be for the Patriots, which is a mauler, uh, a good enough left tackle, and, I, and you get to put Trent Brown over on the right side where he fits better. He was not great at left tackle. They certainly need a tackle. I think there's a chance they actually cut Trent Brown and they need two tackles. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in this scenario, you get Trent Brown, who Belichick seems to love. And when he's right, has really helped that offense. And you just have the biggest tackle combination maybe in the history of the sport. And I I think they're going to be aggressive this offseason. I think Bill Belichick um, doesn't have great impulse control at this point in his career. And he's like <laughs> going seven, eight, nine wins. I think they're going to be uh, in the deep end of the pool for someone or maybe a couple someone's. And I, I think Brown makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly makes the sense of, okay, we need to add pieces to our offense. There's not really those guys out there at receiver who you feel super thrilled about adding where you feel like they're going to make a significant difference. So maybe if you improve the pass protection, maybe that makes gives you more time. To help that receiver and, like and it, you said, it's a position they've spent on in the past they get cheap yes. at some positions but isaiah Wynn was a first round pick who, who's going to be leaving in free agency and and this makes sense to to spend on yeah nate solder was a first round pick i think matt light was like a, a top of the second round pick if i'm not mistaken we're going back a lot of years there but that's that's really they've been very consistent about number one we're going to prioritize left tackle and number two when we have a guy we like, unless we absolutely get blown away with an offer, which is what happened with Solder and the Giants, we're gonna keep that guy around. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they went in this direction. I think it makes total sense. Um, does that count as one of yours? It doesn't seem no. Fair. It's up to you. I mean, I just figure if I've got it down, I gotta throw it out there. It's up to you. I'll, I'll give you another tackle. You talk about tackle stuff here in the beginning of the show. Really draw people in with offensive line discussion. I'm going to go Mike McGlinchey, and I think this is kind of a chalk one to the Bears. Okay. Where they're going to have to spend money on the offense, um, protecting Justin Fields, or whoever the quarterback is for the Bears next year, is a obvious priority. I thought Braxton Jones looked very solid at left tackle. I think you'd want to give him another shot there next year. And... McGlinchey, this is going to sound like a like an insult. It's not. He's like the exact sort of pretty good, but not top tier offensive lineman who teams with the rookie quarterbacks and a lot of cap space love to overpay. So I just feel like just the scenario makes sense to me. The fit makes sense to me. There's not much on the Bears offensive line to work with on the outside. So I think McGlinchey, just to have a reliable like I said, you know, like like ninth best right tackle in football, maybe or tenth best right tackle in football, I think is a a big plus for the Bears. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. They need to s- spend that cap space. They won't spend it all. Cap space is very easy to create mm-hmm. and and make. Like Bears fans get excited, have been so excited about this cap space. Like finding good players is much harder, yes, to accomplish. And so I I I think. You'd be willing to overpay for an average to slightly, you know, above average offensive tackle like McGlinchey, who's been durable for the most part. Uh, I think that makes sense. Just because I, 
I just don't want them to spend stupid money uh, just for the sake of it. And he might be a little bit, but I think I think the downside is relatively low. He's not going to be a bust. You'll like maybe you'll have to pay him sixteen million dollars a year, and you get twelve million dollars in value somehow if you could figure that out. And but that's okay because you're upgrading a, a position. Yeah, and you're also just protecting your your big investment. You're getting the best eval on your on your player and. I think it's a lot better than the Claypool trade. Um, so that's my yeah. bar now. It's not a good way to like go through life though. Like <laughs> I, I could do literally anything if I just evaluated on, should I do this? Well, it's better than the Chase Claypool trade. <laughs> well, I'm trying to set the bar low for the Bears. It's been a rough couple of years, Greg. Yeah. I I I worry. I worry because they don't they don't need to spend it all now they won't be able to uh, they need to draft well and, and get those picks and and from the sound of ryan poles i think he knows that that this draft is really how they're going to uh try to improve their team and get as many picks as possible and mm-hmm. you got to hit uh and hopefully hit at premium positions but on top of that like let's fill in a couple uh workman like spots i got another one later for the bears or or if you want we could just jump right into Let, my bears let's one. jump right into it okay. let's do another bears one Okay, I'm going to go Jacoby Myers to the Bears. Ooh, I thought um, about be- that one. Because I think he's the type of guy a little bit like McGlinchey, um, but younger and I think a little bit better and is worth paying the premium at a premium position. He reminds me a little bit of Christian Kirk at this time a year ago. Very different skill set, but everyone went crazy, including myself, paying $17 million to, <laughs> to Christian Kirk. And, you know, in, in hindsight, it was kind of like I just described that McGlinchey deal, like maybe a slight overpay. But I mm-hmm. think in the NFL now, we've seen it ever since that 2016 Falcons team um, that, that lost in the Super Bowl. I think that was such an influential team. But one of the reasons why was like, if you really want to be a great offense, you need four receivers. And mm-hmm. maybe that includes a tight end. Maybe it doesn't. But when you're when you only have one like Mooney is for the Bears, it's like, I know Myers is not going to be your number one, but you need to just fill in another slot so that you're not trying to fill in all those slots with lottery tickets, kind of like uh, St. Brown was last year as a free agent pickup or a Byron Pingle or mm-hmm. or draft picks. You're certainly going to get into it in the draft, but I think you need both. And I think Myers is a little underrated because of uh, the role he played in New England. I, to me, his route running translates everywhere he's like a walking 800 to 900 yards he could be more in the right system he could be less in in a different system but uh, a guy who who's going to be a two or a three or a four whatever you need him to be inside and out like he will fit in what you want to do and they just need numbers there and so i think he probably goes for what 14 million dollars or something like that and oh, i system? think he gets more really well i'd still do it i just think they th- those would be two guys <laughs> That like, okay, I'm good with McGlinchey and Myers as like the top of my free agent um, class if I'm the Bears. I, I just wonder if you're going to get a wide receiver in this class, who who are you going for? Like there's not many other players out there. The guys will get cut. Like I, there's talk Adam Thielen gonna get, is going to get cut today. Uh, I think Michael Thomas is going to hit the market eventually. Other guys are going to pop up here and there. But with the guys who are available right now, Jacoby Myers is probably the best one to me. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a Kirk-esque bidding war for Jacoby Myers. I mean, he did get to $16 million a year. I think he's super underrated. I think we have a lot of evidence that, uh, you know, Mac Jones has been a much better quarterback with 
Jacoby Myers on the field than he has been without. I think he's outplayed the players the Patriots have brought in to replace him or to supplement him. Um, I, I just think he's a, a really underrated player and a guy who I think, you know, in the right spot, given the opportunity to play every down, could be a more than a 900-yard. I think he could be a 1,000 or 1,100 or 1,200-yard guy if things break right. So I, I just think a super underrated player, someone I would want to add to my team, especially if I needed a quarterback. And I don't know if it's going to be a – maybe it won't be $16 million a year, but I, I, I would I would take the over on $14 million would be my guess. I love it. And he could play outside. There was this idea. You know, he was yeah. such a different player than the slot – receivers the Patriots had previously. Um, but I think that adds to his value. He's a little more dynamic on the outside and, and yep. can win on the outside more than people think. Yeah, I agree. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition and right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a jets pizza location near you again try jet signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save that's number eight s-a-v-e jets pizza better because it has to be Uh, i'll give you another wide receiver from this limited class this is maybe my Homer pick coming through. I'll say DJ Chark to the Giants. Okay. Now that Daniel Jones is getting paid, whatever Daniel Jones is getting paid, it's time to get him better pieces and actually have him stick around, unlike years past. Uh, clearly, it doesn't seem like the Giants have a lot of affection, or this organization, or this regime doesn't have a lot of affection for Darius Slayton. Um, they were burying him until injuries forced him to play. I think he's a better player than they're giving him credit for. But if he does leave, I, I would assume they're going to replace him with a deep threat. And I think Chark is that player. He was you know, inconsistent with the Lions. I think injuries hurt him a bit. Obviously, a lot of mouths to feed in that Lions offense. Um, but I think probably on a one-year deal, I think he could be a guy who does stretch teams downfield another year removed from his injury. and. A guy who I think could be, you know, still have some upside. And there's not a lot of guys in this class who are not going to get paid a ton of money and still have some upside left based on their their past level of play. So I, I think I would opt for Chark is maybe that, you know, I don't know if he's going to be the number one for the Giants, but I think he's going to be, you know, one of several number twos for them in the offense. Mm, I I like that, or even a three or a four, and that's okay. Like that's. <laughs> that's something you need. The giants are similar sure. in, the, in the bears in that uh, realm that like, yeah, in a, in a super bowl winning offense, maybe Chark is your four who hits a bunch of deep plays like a Valdez Scantling and has 550 yards and 30 catches or something in four big mm-hmm. touchdowns. It's like, but speed pays it. We get so worked up um, wanting everyone to be a one. I think he's a good role player. There aren't many. Uh, it's why we're talking DJ Chark on a free agency podcast like him and Slayton are similar to me in the sense that they're two of my favorite role-playing guys that are available like a little better than a Zay Jones who was available last year who ended up you know finding a good home and and fitting quite well with the Jaguars yeah I agree um who do you have next 
Also, you want to get the guy the year after the injury. I'm into yes. that. Uh, well, if we're going to go receivers, let's at least go with the big name. I thought you were going to have some fun and bring OBJ back to New York. That would be no. fun. I'm not doing that, but I'm putting him on the bills. Just, you know, let's go. Let's be the really? fantasy football team. Uh, I think <laughs> I think they need like a, a number two that can win on the weak side, kind of like the Rams were asking Allen Robinson to do last year in the OBJ role, but he just like, couldn't do it and they shouldn't have asked them to do it. I you're hoping OBJ with all this time off from the injury still has some of that short area quickness to be able to do that. Like he's, he's obviously not going to be a true one, but I do think he's a guy who, if he's getting single coverage on the opposite side of Stefan Diggs, mm. everything else makes more sense. You got to find a slot that, that you can rely on there. And then you have Gabe Davis as another compliment. And suddenly I think you're cooking with gas and, and just yeah, bring back the 2021 Rams, Von Miller and OBJ <laughs> together. It worked out well for them the first time they pulled it off, but now they both have ACL injuries since then. So I'm a little more concerned about them this time around, but he had a whole, he's had, he'll have, you know, 20 months to have recovered. It's definitely concerning. He wasn't ready to play in 2022, but I think the bills are at a point where they need to take some high risk shots here. DJ Chark isn't changing their life. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, even Deandre Hopkins, you know, I'd rather not give up a draft pick. I'd rather take a shot on OBJ. Your offense isn't going to crater if he doesn't work, but I think he could put you over the top. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll go with a, not a 2021 Rams player, but a 2022 Rams player staying in Los Angeles. I'm thinking Bobby Wagner goes to the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. I think he stays at home. He's from the Los Angeles area. Drew Tranquil. Drew, Drew Tra Tranquil. I can't say that name, apparently. Who you have. I was surprised at how high Drew Tranquil was on your list. You really like Drew Tranquil. I've, yeah, I've been a big uh, Drew Tranquil guy. for, And then I thought he had a nice year. Uh, I thought he was solid. A little, a little high, maybe for an. I do like those like versatile off ball, off ball linebackers. Mm -hmm. uh, our friend Mina Kimes has made fun of my Kaiser White appreciation <laughs> uh, for a while, and reminded me quickly when Mahomes is running down the field on his, you know half of a leg uh, on the biggest play in the Super Bowl. Like, who is the linebacker that was not in the wow. right spot? Yeah. Wow. Rude. Rude. Frankly, that's why she's not here. That's why you are. <laughs> um, no. Uh, I, I mean, I think Kaiser White's a solid player. I think He's a Eagles solid player. I think Crit Trinkle's, yeah, a little more dynamic. Uh, than yeah, him. and I think he'll get a deal commensurate with that analysis. Um, but Bobby Wagner, really good last year. Obviously, kind of a lost season for the Rams, but I thought he was better last season with the Rams than he had been the prior year with the Seahawks. Obviously, not much of a scheme translation from what the Rams run, because they run a version of Brandon Staley's defense still, to the Chargers with the actual Brandon Staley. And I think we've seen the Chargers invest up front. Last year, we saw them invest in the secondary. Obviously, we don't know whether J.C. Jackson's going to be ready to go next year, but they, they're deep in both those spots. Linebacker is still a question mark. Kenneth Murray, I would say, has not panned out. Wouldn't be surprised if they declined his fifth-year option. I think Wagner is a, a leader for your defense. I think he's a guy who you can plug and play, and I think a guy who, you know, like like they need a, a, a someone who's reliable at linebacker, and I think Bobby Wagner fills that role.
I I could see this happening, but I don't want it to happen on some uh-huh. level because I'm like sick of the Chargers just spending all their money to make <laughs> Brandon Staley's defense look better, and it's never better. Just spend it on offense. I don't have a Chargers pick. I don't have a location for Wagner, and this totally makes sense. I could absolutely see it. But let's let's help out Herbert. If you're going to have the 24th defense in the league, uh, sure. putting all your resources, trying to make your defense look better, uh, let's just try to get the number three offense in the league instead. Let's spend the money. Okay. Who who do you want I, for the Chargers offense? I don't know. I don't have anyone off. Oh, no. You set it up like you were going to name somebody. No. I, I, I tried to. They're in a weird spot. They don't have a ton of cap space on, on paper. They haven't done a, a ton of restructuring either. They're not a team... That necessarily uh, leads. They just the restructured today, actually. Oh, that's right. In uh, in Keenan Allen, so they they have tried to open up, but they're not like a huge cash spending team no. year after year. Maybe it's a maybe it's a wide receipt. You know, maybe it's a draft thing. I just want them to use resources. Maybe it's a tight end. Um, I do think guys like Wagner and Levante David, who I don't have landing spots for, can be undervalued in free agency. One of the only spots that get undervalued in free agency are like those one-year deals for veterans that are 32 that are still really good like no one actually wants to give them good money uh but they when you look back at it like wagner's deal a year ago you're like oh that was a good deal for the rams right it was technically not a one-year deal but in reality right it played out like a one-year deal um can you give me another name okay uh another position please let's go let's go tight end Yep. Uh, there's a couple good players available. Gasicki's out there. Dalton Schultz is out there in terms of guys who were tagged a year ago. Let's give Dalton Schultz to the Packers because I'm Ooh. assuming at this point there's no Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and I like mess. I want the Packers to like spend a lot of money and spend <laughs> draft picks on making this offense awesome as possible for Jordan Love. So let's give them Dalton Schultz. Uh, Robert Tunyon's a free agent for them, by the way. Yeah, sorry, Tony's a free agent. Mercedes Lewis is a free agent, although I think it kind of feels like he's in the JC Kelsey thing where like he's either coming back to play for the Packers or he's not coming back to play at all. Um, maybe he will. I, I would love a Mercedes Lewis return to the Jags before he retires. <laughs> uh just to bring it all full circle. But yeah, absolutely. They could use a tight end. Um, Schultz would have presumably a larger share of the receiving load there, I would imagine. I don't know. I mean Christian Watson presumably should get more next year, but certainly they could add more pieces for Jordan Love. And they're not going to be in great cap shape if they trade Rodgers, but they'll still have enough where I think they can get Schultz on board. I I have a tight end as well, but I have Gesicki. Mm-hmm. I have Gesicki going to the Washington Commanders, who, I don't know, who's going to play quarterback for the Commanders next year? I'm going to take them at face value right now and say it's going to be Sam Howell. We will see if that's the case. Um, but I thought with Eric Bieniemy going to be the, the coordinator for Washington, and this is going to be a very dangerous thing to say, why not get him his very poor man's Travis Kelsey? They're not the same. They are just tall. They both are tight ends who play in the slot quite a bit. But I think having having a guy who can be a physical mismatch you know, on the backside of three by one sets, a guy who can be someone who occupies linebackers and a player who I think fits into what they are missing necessarily in Washington. Logan Thomas has not been the same player over the past couple of years due to injuries. He's already in his thirties because he was of course converted from being a quarterback. Uh, I think he is a cap casualty possibility this year. He has a 
6.275 million base salary, which is unguaranteed. So could be a guy who gets cut if they sign Kasiki. Um, I don't know if he's a great fit in Miami. I think they tried to make it work. I think he has to be in a spot where he's basically a glorified wide receiver. And as maybe the, the third option behind McLaurin and Dotson, where if they do cut Curtis Samuel, um, I think it could be a player who fits into a meaningful role in that offense next year for Washington. I, I love that. I would struggle with them cutting Curtis Samuel, although he is kind of Scott Turner's binky, just because I really loved um, what Samuel did for them last year. Like he was a good player uh, for them. And I love the idea of Mike Kosicki adding to McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, uh, a pretty good backfield. Like you're you're trying to make this as QB friendly as possible for whoever uh, is the quarterback there. Gasicki is just a slot receiver. I mean, that's how he played in Miami. I think before last year, he was taking like 65 plus percent of his snaps, um, you know, as a slot receiver and, and like 10 as like a true wide receiver. It was very little inline blocking. And that's fine. I don't know why they franchise tagged them a year ago. Uh, it made me think of Miami maybe as a possibility for Dalton Schultz, because I, th- I think they yeah. would like a, a tight end in that in that system if they could free yes. up cap space. Uh, but I'm with you. Let's make Washington a little more interesting. Uh, let's give him a second. All right. Give me another player. Okay. Let's go quarterback here. Oh, boy. Let's go Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders. It's chalk. Okay, we, we got it. We got okay. our we got our one. Okay. That was the one, the one you pitch. were expecting, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo's maybe the only quarterback that doesn't get better with Kyle Shanahan. And I'm basing this on a very limited sample size. And his numbers with Kyle Shanahan were awesome. And so sure. I'm, I'm basing it a little bit on the eye test, um, which is dangerous. Sure. But... I thought he fit so well with the Patriots. I thought the best football he ever played was in the limited time he was with the Patriots. I think he's really good at, for lack of a better word, like feel like seeing the entire field and making decisions uh, on those like option routes that the Patriots like to do, which is just, it's a unique and uh, hard to find skill from quarterbacks. And it, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the reasons why Belichick loved him so much and wanted him at one point over Tom Brady. And I think he was always a little, uncomfortable in the a to b to c there are right answers to the test on every play and this is what you're going to do kyle shanahan and i think i think he could play his best football for the raiders so i actually think it makes sense for them to go get him Mm -hmm. yeah i agree um i think it makes total sense i'll give you a quarterback as well maybe an obvious fit maybe wouldn't work i don't know but depending on what they do otherwise i thought jacoby Brissett goes to the carolina panthers where you have that Frank Reich experience, um, mm. the, the fit a couple of years ago, like it wasn't perfect. It wasn't like Jacoby played his the best football of his career, but I think he's gotten better as the years have gone along. I don't know what the Panthers are going to do at quarterback. Um, I don't think Matt Corral is going to be their guy there. They could trade up for somebody. They could sign Lamar Jackson, although I know they've said they are not going to. Who knows what will happen? But I think as a a 2023 stopgap starter, if they don't get a more significant solution, I think Brissett would make total sense for the Panthers right now. He seems like the number one draft pick of teams that will want to just get a guy to pair with a rookie. And I think that's what the Panthers would like to do. Yes, ideally, yes. I think that's what they would prefer. Just like he's not too good. Uh, and he's also n- known worldwide as like the greatest dude, the greatest teammate of all time, has been in every sort of situation and would be the yes. kind of guy you would want with your 
uh, rookie. And if for some reason you get boxed out from that rookie, it doesn't happen. Like you, you can roll with Jacoby. Absolutely. Okay. Give me another one. Okay. Um, let's go. Jeremy Bates. The safety markets. I always overrate Jesse. the safeties. Jesse Bates. I mean, Jesse Bates was Jeremy Bates a, a player back in the day. Jerry Bates was a coach. Mm. He was the OC for the or he was the OC for the Bears, the QB coach for the Bears, maybe. I don't know why that name was in my head. Uh not like teams, not a ton of teams play single high as much, which it feels like that's where mm-hmm. Bates would be at his best in like a man coverage type of th- uh team. I'm not sure yeah. if that's what the Browns are gonna do or not. We will see. Uh, but I could see him with the Cleveland Browns. They just cut Josh Johnson. There's a little bit of smoke. I mean, uh John Johnson, uh the former Ram who just didn't really work there. Uh Coming off a pretty good year, uh, Jesse Bates, uh, a relative bounce back year in the regular season. He was great in the playoffs the year before. And the Browns, uh, I think, are going to be spending this offseason. You want to hear something incredible, Greg Rosenthal? What? You had, had it? Jesse Bates to the Browns. We hit oh. it. We hit two. Not only you didn't mention the best part of this signing to me. This is stuff I care about. You're too smart to care about this stuff. I love stealing a player from a division rival. This is Jesse Bates, who the Bengals should be signing. I know they have a lot of money to spend elsewhere, but a player they have repeatedly said, "Mm, we're good. We're going to spend money elsewhere. We're not going to invest in you, even though you were a superstar during our playoff run, even though there were like two years to the beginning of your career where your job was basically just getting everybody lined up because the players around you were not very good, Um, a leader, a guy who has, you know, been there through the rebuild. I, I just love the idea of us getting to like week four. Jesse Bates is picking off Joe Burrow, taking it to the house for Cleveland. Wow. Just feels like it's a just set up for such an obvious story. So I love Jesse Bates to the Browns. I also just think I like the Browns have not been mentioned on on our podcast very often. They just feel very off the radar right now. Yes. Let's let's see what you're going to do, Andrew Barry. And they need a lot on defense. I mean, self safety isn't exactly their first need, although they certainly need a starter there. They have Grant Delpit. Uh, They need players up front. They need defensive tackles. They need wide receivers. This whole idea that they were like this ready to go team for Deshaun Watson to join. Not you know, and Watson was was terrible for them. It was way worse than Jacoby Brissett. I I think ended up being like a a couple of years late. This is not the twenty. 20 or 2021 Browns roster anymore. They got some holes. Right. And and they haven't drafted super well, I don't think, over the past couple of years. Like I think guess Will's turned out to be a very good player, but the rest of that class more okay than great. Um the 2021 class, I know you were a big JOK guy. I think JOK took a step backwards last year. You're hoping maybe that Jim Schwartz unlocks some of that stuff for the Browns. But I, I think this is a make or break year for Kevin Stefanski and, and Andrew Barry when it comes to their situation with Cleveland, because we know Deshaun Watson's not going anywhere. And if it's three straight losing seasons and they've gone out mm. and gone after Watson, you got to figure that's what, you know, they're going to make some more significant changes to that organization. Yeah. It's mostly about Watson. That is, is Stefanski the right coach for him? Cause last year he did not appear to no. be when, when he, when he, played much worse. Now that's more on Watson than Stefanski considering the track record Stefanski's had, but it doesn't matter. You're right. Watson's going to be there, which is why I wouldn't be like any wide receivers were throwing out their tight ends. Uh, I know they have Njoku and, and Bryant, so maybe that doesn't make sense, but they, they feel like they will be looking for a weapon or two. 
Mm-hmm. I'll finish up. This is my last one. Okay. I am going to go. I got two cornerbacks left on my list. Do you want the young guy or the old guy? I mean, give it give it all to me. It's your pie. It okay, I'll, I'll give you two quick ones. Patrick Peterson leaving the Vikings, going to the Rams, where they play more zone coverage than anybody else in football. Okay. They need help at cornerback. Don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Ramsey. I think even if he stays, this is a, a chance to get someone to replace Troy Hill. Um, they probably need – again, they don't need – four or five corners, but I think Peterson's a veteran, someone who's going to come relatively cheap and a guy who could be a reliable zone corner for you. And then I have replacing, I guess replacing Patrick Peterson, maybe replacing somebody else. I have Byron Murphy leaving the Cardinals and going to the Vikings, where I think they don't have a ton of money. They're clearly in a retooling, but boy, do they need help in the secondary and at cornerback, especially. Peterson's a free agent. Chandon Sullivan's a free agent. Didn't play well last year either. Um, their cornerback depth chart is basically Andrew Booth, their second-round pick, and pretty much nothing else. So I think Byron Murphy is a guy who's excelled in the slot, played well outside. He has not had much help in terms of the other corners in Arizona. He's had to play a lot of man because the Cardinals do blitz a lot. Um, Brian Flores, when he was with the Dolphins, of course, they really invested heavily in cornerbacks in the secondary, and they need young players. And Murphy is 25 years old, still one of the youngest free agents in the league. So that could be a situation where if the Vikings do have a little bit of money to spend, wouldn't be surprised if that's the direction they went in. Yeah, they're going to be active, I think, in the next week. You mentioned Adam Thielen might be gone. Uh, Harris, cut Kendricks. Right. Harrison Smith could be gone. People there think Dalvin Cook could be gone, which I don't quite buy. Um, and then they've got some big time free agents you mentioned. I think the Vikings kind of remind me of the Raiders. The difference being that the Vikings won 13 games last year. So at least Kevin <laughs> O'Connell is like a first year head coach with like a ton of success. Just that the expectations to me are probably going to be a little out of whack with the roster that both of those rosters need a lot of work for second year head coaches. And yeah, McDaniels didn't have much success, but he he was inheriting a playoff team. And I just look at those two teams and think they're both in tough spots. The difference being the Raiders have a little more cap flexibility. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And the Vikings have a quarterback, at least for right now. Right. All right. I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to give you a, a Rams signing. I don't know if Peterson makes sense to me. Just they feel like they're not they're not trying to they're not, they are taking a step back this year on some level. And I just think if they're going to sign players, they're going to sign younger players um, to be there in 2024, 2025, when they're really ready to go try to win a Super Bowl again. And I think Chauncey Gardner Johnson would fit mm-hmm. for them. I don't think they're going to just sit there and watch this whole free agent market go by and tear it down. I actually think they're going to be sending out players like Jalen Ramsey and, and we've seen Bobby Wagner and, and Leonard Floyd's going to go, but they also are going to bring in some players that are on their timeline. It's why they went after Brian Burns. I don't think they were trying to win the Super Bowl last year. They just saw, okay, this is a really good player. Uh, that will be here for the next three or four years. And we're kind of building, we're tearing it down a little bit. We're going to get some cap mm-hmm. space for next year. But Gardner Johnson, I think, fits like that zone heavy scheme where you're not asking him to play um, in the slot that much where he's just playing man coverage, but that he's back there and can make big plays for your defense. I think he'd be a nice fit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I, I will say I think they're more aggressive this year in terms of winning next year than maybe you're making it out to be just because I don't know if Sean McVay is going to be there 
2024 and 2025. I think that's my only concern. Yeah, they're they're fast. They're a pretty fascinating team right now because I feel like they they feel like they made a lot of mistakes, that they made emotional mistakes. The Allen Robinson move was emotional. Jordan Rodriguez, who does a great job covering them um talked about this on her podcast uh mm-hmm. 11 personnel it's called on the athletic and i think it was interesting i think they are going to be aggressive but i do think this is a bit of a, a two to three year plan now um that they feel refreshed and they're trying to get younger clear the books a little bit but gardner johnson to me or, or guys like that uh would fit their timeline i think they're just going to try to get younger mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense okay greg we already mentioned the top 101 free agents column going to be updated in the days to come as players get cut where can people check out all of your free agent coverage yeah that's that's at nfl.com but with the around the nfl podcast we're we're banging out like four episodes a week right now for a couple weeks here well we got you coming on in a couple week uh i think it's going to be the monday after next week after free agency week so Look out for that. When you get Barnwell now, on the show, it's big. Now I'm locked in. Now I have no choice. If I don't show up, I'm a coward. Uh, if you have to adjust because you're busy and go later that week. But I think we had talked about that week. But you're right. We're I'm, gonna, put, I'm putting some pressure on you here. We're, I, I, I will be there one way or another in a couple of weeks. I'm excited. Always happy to hop on with you guys. Always a fun show. I am intrigued. I know this is people are making this out to be kind of a boring free agent period, but feel like there's a lot of uncertainty, which I think is going to make for a pretty fun first couple of days. Well, I think a, a lot of big names are going to get cut in the next yep. five days. That'll make my list look better. But more importantly, there's going to be some good trades. And uh, who knows? Maybe it's like Lamar Jackson and, and certainly Aaron Rodgers in the mix. But I think there's going to be good receiver trades. I think there, there's more flexibility because of the cap growing so much. So the, the trades have really been where the, the sizzle has come lately in free agency. Well, in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about all the trades we should have predicted on our podcast. But until then, <laughs> Greg Rosenthal, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Bill. All right. Thanks so much to my guest, Greg Rosenthal of the NFL Network. Obviously, if you listen, love chopping it up with Greg, one of the best in the business. Hope you guys enjoyed the free agent podcast. Hope you enjoy having guests on the show again. I'm, I'm back from Australia. So uh, back with guests here now. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the mailbag. I got a lot of good questions. I love doing those. Love kind of just thinking about, you know, your your perspective on things. And, and you know, I think I learned a lot of stuff seeing the questions and answering the questions. I, just, I hadn't realized maybe. So hope you guys enjoyed those. But a run of guests coming up now here on the show. Talking more free agency, as Greg alluded to, probably some trades coming down the pike. So we're going to talk about all that here on the show in the weeks to come. Thanks so much for listening.